Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey, 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 welcome to the show tonight. It's Monday, the Monday before Christmas. Is this crazy or what? It came up on us really fast, but we're finally here. You know, it's kind of like a, like the, I'm one of those people that likes Christmas. So, I mean, once Christmas hits for me, it's like a letdown, you know, because I enjoy it so much. I just wish it could last longer, but it seems like the older we get, the faster it goes. Boom, boom, boom. Anyway, I want to welcome you guys. We've got a great guest tonight, and I think you're going to love this show. I'm going to love this show. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, my name is Charlotte. I'll be your host for the next hour. I am the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team, www.californiahaunts.org. And we are 35 strong up and down the state of California, Oregon, Washington, Nevada. Who I miss? Ah, Hawaii, Oregon, Washington. Yeah. <laughs> I forget. It's, it's senility at my age. But uh, I want to welcome everybody here. And uh, like I said, we've got a great show planned. Our guest tonight is Brett Oldham. Brett Oldham is probably one of the best, and I could say one of the best confirmed abductees out there. You know, he and he's up there. He's up there with Barney and Betty Hill and all, and all those people, but he has had a lot of stuff done to, to, to confirm what happened to him. Start It all started when he was a child, and it's gone on through all his adult life, and so he has an incredible story to tell us and to tell us about the aliens that are doing this stuff. You know, and what he thinks are their motives. So we're going to talk to Brett in a minute here. Um, if you want to visit the radio site, you can visit it at www.californiahauntsradio.com. We have all of our archives there at, on that site. Plus, if you have trouble with YouTube or Facebook viewing the show, you can go over there and view it directly from the RSS feed there as well. Anyway, uh, welcome and let's get the show on the road, shall we? Without further ado... Hello, Athena. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? Uh, well, I'm, I've recovered nicely from my dental visit today, so <laughs> I, I was worried I was going to, like, you know, have numb lips and talking funny and everything else. So, been uh, there, done that. Been yeah. there, done that. A little worse, but other yeah. than that, good. Yeah. So tell me about you. I know about you, but my people that are listening don't know about you. So let's hear about you. Well, in 2013, I decided to go public uh, with my alien abduction story. I wrote a book called Children of the Greys, and uh, it, it took off immediately, uh, which I, I wasn't quite prepared for the whirlwind ride. It was uh, about to happen, but uh I was glad for the opportunities to be able to to tell my story and what had happened to me. And since then, I've written another book uh, called The Baby Takers in 2017, uh, and, and actually a paranormal book of, um, called Afterlife Encounters mm -hmm. in 2019. Um, because what I have found uh, throughout my life is there's a definite connection between people who had alien abductions and increased paranormal activity. And I was kind of the first one that kind of, one of the first people anyway, that came out mm -hmm. and was putting that connection together. 
uh, because uh, as I started gaining in, in popularity uh, around the world, people started contacting me, uh, abductees who had no one to talk to. And that was one of the reasons I even went public was to be able to share my story and help other abductees so they wouldn't have to kind of go through what, what I did. You know, it's such mm -hmm. a taboo subject um, and it's getting better. It's getting a lot better than it used sure. to be. But but even now, like I, I basically live a double life, you know, like where I work, half the people don't have no, they have no idea unless, you know, but every so often somebody's, it'll happen like they'll see me on a television show or something and then their jaw will drop, you know, and, and that kind of thing. So I'm mm -hmm. trying to change that. I'm trying to, to, to bring about more public awareness. And I also have been wanting just to be a voice for those who don't want to come forward. And I don't blame them. I mean, I've had to endure a tremendous amount, uh, way more than I expected um, to, and, and it, it's that hasn't gotten any better. Right, right. And your abduction, well, let's hear your story, because your abduction started when you were really, really young. Yeah, it started when I was five years old. I was living in Southern Illinois, um, really kind of a really sheltered life. Like um, we lived in a farm, out in the middle of nowhere, uh, surrounded by soybean and corn cornfields and gravel road going by the house. And um, one night, um, it was in the fall, and we lived in this big old two-story farmhouse. And my my parents had put uh, my brother and my sister and me downstairs. They shut off the upstairs of the house to save mm -hmm. from the heat. And uh, so we were like kind of in the in the dim living room area these old wooden floors. I was actually sleeping on the floor and a pallet of quilts and stuff and just woke up and saw this bright light coming through the window. And I was a curious little kid, you know, and I was like, well, I, there was no street lights, of course, out there, mm -hmm. dead silent. And basically uh, this voice started talking to me, coaxing me to the window, thought it was my stepdad. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was, you know, looking around. I mean, remember, I'm only five years old, you know, and right. it kept coaxing me to come to the window to come to the window. And so I just walk across, go to the window. Well, we had these uh, real thin, wispy white curtains. I mean, we didn't have blinds enough out there. There was no neighbors. And and I remember uh, picking up my right hand and pulling the, the curtains back. And that changed my life right there. There was a, what we now know is a gray, literally this close on the other side of the window. There's two more of them standing out a little further into the yard. And of course, to a five-year-old kid who uh, at that at, at that time, you know, I'd never been exposed. I, I never even knew what the word alien was. Mm -hmm. We had this little old black and white television set. You know, we were real poor and uh, nobody talked about aliens. Uh, I wasn't like the kids nowadays who were exposed, you know, to aliens all the time. And, you know, it was like... Uh, so traumatic that I literally had nightmares about it um, up until just a, several years ago. When uh, actually, when I went public, it was sort of like therapy for me, and it, it kind of. But that first time was what was really traumatic, and um, and they took me, and I, I remembered it, um, uh, the whole thing, and I told my mom about it, like, mm -hmm. and she just thought it was like imaginary friends, and you know, I mean, that'd be the last thing on her mind. And they took me one other time uh, that I remember from the from that farmhouse. And then I had a really bad reaction to the Wizard of Oz movie. 
um, when the flying monkeys came in because they were, you know, small, they were, uh, kind of reminded me, I guess, of the, of the little grays. Right. And, you know, they were taking Dorothy and the Toto and, and, uh, I, I like really freaked out. My mom didn't, couldn't figure out what was wrong with me and why I was like going crazy when I was, saw this happening. And after that, I guess, uh, they probably had implanted me already at this point knew that I was having that kind of reaction and all my memories from then on was suppressed. Uh, but I had all the classic signs, you know, the <clears throat> nosebleeds, uh, that doctors couldn't figure out. And, but one of the things, um, that started happening to me was I got this, I, I started having a lot of ghost activity, okay. uh, all through my childhood. And it got me, uh, interested in trying to stop it because I was like a ghost magnet. I couldn't figure out why, my family uh, eventually got into uh, the oil business and we started moving around to a lot of places. And so it seemed like every house we were in, I was having paranormal events happen to me and I was just like scared out of my mind. And at this time I, I had no, really no memories of anything alien. Right. And so I started reading. I was this weird kid in the school I was 10 years old. We used to have these things called weekly readers and you could, you could order little little books and stuff from them, you know, all the other kids were getting all these kids books and I'm getting ghost stories and, you know, UFO. I had to start getting this big interest in, in UFOs at the time mm -hmm. also. And little did I know, you know, that all stemmed from this original event that was locked away in my subconscious all this time. And it just kind of grew from there. But when I got into my, into my early twenties, um, it all came to a head because even though I wasn't aware of it at the time. And there've been other things that happened. Like uh, I had a, uh, when I was uh, between my 13, 14 years old, uh, a big surgical scar come across my back um, that the doctors had no idea, could not explain. The first okay. guy was a little country doctor and said, oh, it's, uh, uh, you know, gross spur or something. Uh, what do you call it? Stretch marks. You Stretch know, mark, yeah. From, from growing too fast. And of course I've had that checked out by half a dozen doctors at this point. Um, and so there's stuff like that. And, and I did have, uh, I did have a mysterious illness around that same time. Um, and, and I remembered I had this dream. I thought it was a dream at the time of, uh, of these, uh, gray aliens healing me basically. And mm -hmm. it, I don't, I don't know to this day if that's related to how I got the, the scar or not, but, mm -hmm. um, but I, I did get healed from whatever was wrong with me that the doctors, you know, they couldn't figure out. Right. And, but that was it. But when I, what happened is I, I eventually, um, it, it surfaced, you know, all that stuff is locked into your subconscious all this time. Your subconscious protects you from it. Um, and I started having all, uh, really severe anxiety. Uh, I had been an athlete when I was younger. So I'd been in front of crowds at that time. I was a professional musician, mm -hmm. still heavily, heavily involved in music. And, and, and I was playing out like five nights a week. Um, and I got agoraphobia, like I couldn't, I didn't even want to leave my house. Mm -hmm. So I ended up in therapy and that is when I had the breakthrough, realized that, um, what, what had happened to me and when it did start coming through, um, it was like a floodgate just opened and, and I denied it. Like I didn't want to accept it because I, I didn't want to deal with it. I was like, right. there's no way, you know, this has happened to me. Um, but I couldn't stop it. Um, 
and then then I just there was all kinds of triggers, uh, waking triggers, you know, that uh, something would I would see or something would trigger it. And since then, uh, I've I've been able to remember a tremendous amount. And I, I think at this point, maybe they even let me rem remember some stuff because okay. it has to do with uh, their interest in our human psyche. Well, you've you've had countless tests too. You you uh, you passed a polygraph. I've I've did yeah way way more than I, I probably uh, have offered more proof than any case in history at this point, and it's been filmed. Um, right. I I've been on a I've been on a lot of television, thankfully, you know, and, and I was going to say thankfully because I'm I'm not doing it for attention. I'm just doing it so right. I, I want to spread the truth about this. Uh, I've had plenty of attention in my life. It, ha it has nothing to do with attention. And, and I don't think anybody in their right mind would want attention by coming out with it. Although there's people out there that I think that's the only reason that they're doing it. But um, my personal thing is not the kind of attention that you want. Like, you know, I mean, I keep it really secret in my, uh, as I can in my private life. Mm -hmm. But I did, I'm like, if I'm going to go public with this and with as much as I remember, I'm going to prove it beyond, mm -hmm. beyond any, any, as far as I can prove it. And so not only did I have, I've been looked at by, I don't, I don't even know, I've lost count, you know, seven, six, seven, eight, nine doctors, different doctors to examine the unexplained scars on my, on, not only my back, but I've got puncture marks over on my left side, two different ones and uh, two different scars on, on my back. Mm -hmm. And to try to see what, what do you think these are, you know, because they, at first they look at them and they were like, when did you have surgery? You know, like I never had back surgery. Right. And so I, I've even taken like the blood, one of them had me take an extra blood test one time mm -hmm. because there's some disease that makes you scar or something. And, and it wasn't that. And of course, when they can't figure it out, they just quit talking about it because mm -hmm. they're not going to risk their reputation. And, um, so I've done all that kind of thing, but, uh, I, I was filming, uh, I'd been on, I've been on H and aliens a few times and they, I filmed a pilot for them. And part of the pilot, uh, I was administered a, a polygraph test, you know, and they filmed those film crew there. They brought in a guy named, uh, Joseph, uh, Paola, Paola is Italian. Anyway, mm -hmm. he was an older guy, former secret servant agent, uh, work presidential detail. Mm -hmm. You know, this guy was top notch, lives in Los Angeles. If he's still alive. And, um, and, and it was filmed past it. Uh, and then even past that, um, we filmed two different QEEG brain scans, which, you know, people say, well, you can, some people can, can trick a polygraph and sure. maybe that's true, but you can't trick a brain scan because your brain, you know, it's going to light, the neurons are going to light up the sections of your brain, uh, for whatever you're thinking of. Mm -hmm. And if you're lying, then the creative part of your brain, because you have to make this stuff up, right, is going to light up. So uh, I agreed to do it, you know, knowing full well that however many million people is going to see this, but I was that confident that I'm telling the truth. And mm -hmm. so both of them, I, I did it two separate occasions. We filmed one for that pilot and ended up filming a second one. I, I went back to Los Angeles and filmed a second one that is the second one that they aired mm -hmm. um, and that uh, and past that one, uh, you know, Nick Pope was interviewing me. And, and so not only 
not only did it show that when I was talking about the events um, that I write extensively about in both books, right, um, were 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 true from the section of my brain of just memory, actual mm-hmm. memory, but there was also this section of my brain that's associated with emotions. So it was an emotional attachment to that memory. So, I mean, you know, you just, you can't fake that stuff. No. And, mm. and, and I've been, I, I have another witness. Uh, I was taken with uh, um, a girlfriend of mine at the time um, who uh, they forced me to watch a fetus being taken from her because mm. uh, we were dating and she became pregnant and, you know, and, one thing led to another and and she had started going to a uh, gynecologist and and she was just uh, a week i think about a week before her, her first end of her first trimester which i've since mm-hmm. learned is a very common time that they take the, the fetuses and they forced me to watch it and it was one of the most horrific things uh, that they've had me uh, that they've subjected me to um but they let us both remember it and she remembers it to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, she went on a couple television shows on national television and, you know, verified that yes, this happened. Um, and the doctor had no explanation for it. You know, we, I mean, she, she ended up having, when it was all over, uh, we, we, we took her in and she was, uh, they did a, uh, uh, what do you call those when they scraped the womb? Um, CDC or something like that. Right, so, right, uh, right. D- DNC or something. DNC, I, I yeah. I, yeah. Um, and, you know, the doctor came walking out and he said, you know, if I hadn't just examined her a week ago, uh, it, I would have thought this woman was, was never pregnant because they, the, the womb had already been cleaned. So, you know, we knew it wasn't a miscarriage. Uh, so when they did take the fetus, they, they actually cleaned, cleaned the womb also. But she, you know, so she's backed it up and I provided fo- photographic evidence. Um, uh, and I've even had a, a couple incidents recently where I had um, four-fingered handprints on, on on bloody handprints on on my sheets. Hmm. Uh, and the first set that happened was a few years ago. They broke into my house and uh, through some kind of chemical. I was keeping the sheets as as evidence, of course, and and I I, I photographed it, so I still have that. But um, and didn't t- somebody broke into my house threw chemicals all over these sheets to erase the blood and they got almost all of it um left didn't didn't even bother trying to relock the door in any way behind them nothing else was touched in the house so but it's happened again and now i have a, a second set so this time I, I'm a little, it's a little more secure than the first one was. <laughs> but do you say they broke into your house? Do you think the government knows about all this? Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, I've, I've already been talked, I've talked to them. I mean, they've, they've mm-hmm. cornered me already. Um, they're, they've been watching me for, for quite a long time. And I don't want to sound like some crazy conspiracy guy or something, but uh, I guarantee you 100% that they're uh, well aware i mean i've had my computer been has been hacked three times i got of course i got security on my computer huh. every single time it's download download that they, they're trying to download the last time they succeeded they wiped out everything i had um on my last laptop and but no they they've uh I, i've had a, an ex- experience in boulder city nevada uh, i lived in las vegas for almost 30 years mm-hmm. and i'm i'm down on the gulf coast now in alabama but um 
and Boulder City, for those I, I don't think everybody knows or not, it's the, it's the little town that's right by uh, the dam out there, you know, and just outside of Vegas. Well, there's um, it's a quaint little main street there, and there's some shops and the restaurants stuff. Well, there's a store there called the Area 52 store. So I guess I just gave them a plug, but um, and it's all, as the name would indicate, uh, UFO related material. So uh, I, I was in there and uh, there is uh, one other person in there and the cashier. And it's not a real big place, but these two guys come in. One of them's dressed in a really nice suit, middle-aged guy. And the other guy was an elderly guy dressed real casual. And I was standing kind of close to the door looking through their book section. And the older guy stopped by, by me. And the other guy um, walked to the back of the store and I don't know what he said to the person that was back there that was in there shopping, but they left like immediately. And then he walked over to the cashier and he leaned over and he starts saying something to her. And she went into a room in the back and shut the door, just leaving the place completely no employee. She was the only employee. No one was there. No one was watching anything, you know. And then he stood there like in this, uh, like he was guarding the place uh-huh. and, and the old guy starts talking to me and um, he kind of was kind of funny at first because he pointed to this statue, uh, this mannequin they had of a tall gray. And he says, uh, so, so uh, you believe in all this stuff? And he kind of chuckled, you know, and I said, yeah. And, uh, and that kind of just broke the ice, you know, and then he just uh-huh. proceeded to start kind of uh, easing his way in and then he just freely admitted um that that he worked for the the people that aren't supposed to exist and had since he had had, since he had got out of uh well i think he he was all the way back to like world war ii or something i mean he and he started naming off all these german scientists and you know all this stuff and these programs and and um he told me that he goes, yeah, we, we know who you are. And they didn't threaten me. Right. Um, he basically told me, keep up the good work, which would shock me. But then the, um, the guy in the suit came by and he says, time to go. And they just walked out and I left right after and I'm walking down the sidewalk and this van comes by and they had a, uh, it was a window van and they had a driver and, uh, the guy in the suit was sitting in the passenger seat and the older guy was sitting right behind the driver and they act, they honked at me and waved. And I thought, wow, you know, uh, because they told me, they told me a lot of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't really feel comfortable talking about some of it. You sure. know? No problem. Um, but you know, I, it kind of made me like, well, maybe I'm, I'm sort of a slow disclosure person. Um, and I'm doing them a favor, you know? And so, it seems to me that there's possibly two factions of, of these people because the other people have had, they have threatened me. Um, and even recently, like there's, there was a black SUV pulled right in my driveway and my father-in-law was out in the yard and he is, he was over here working on something. I don't, I, I wasn't here and he had his truck just kind of pulled off the, into the front of the yard mm-hmm. and he walked over to the guy and the guy rolled his window down and asked for me by, by my name, uh, you know, says Brett here. And he says, no, he's at work. And 
he says, can I help you with something? He goes, uh, no, I need to talk to him. And he says, well, you know, can I tell him, you know, what it's about? And he says, yeah, tell him that someone uh, that I came here to talk to him about life insurance, uh, which was to me a code. Uh, right. you know, um, and because a, he didn't, he never left a card. Mm -hmm. uh, he never said, he wouldn't say what his name was. He's driving a dark tinted window, black SUV, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, sounds government issued to me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, where I live, you don't see a, you know, we're, we're like a be little beach town, you know, you don't see that kind of stuff around here too much. Um, and so I just knew that it was a, a sign that, that, uh, I, I've, act, I've since talked to other people that's former, it's no longer working with, within that confine of that kind of establishment. Um, I, I I'm, I'm not trying to be evasive here, but I, I don't want to oh, no, say no, that's like, fine. That's but fine. You, that's you people know what I'm talking yeah, about. I get it. I get it. Um, and, and tell me flat out, you know, like, yeah, that was a warning. You know, that was code for a warning, you know. But, absolutely. Well, a question I have about the aliens themselves. Uh, there was a question in the chat room is, as far as aliens go, like, 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 like taking your girlfriend's baby at the time, do you think that their motives are sinister? Um, I used to think that mm -hmm. now I think it's an, really an act of desperation. Um, I mean, they're the grays who's I've had the most encounters with, mm -hmm. uh, and other than other hybrid, um, they are m most definitely, uh, it's a hybrid program. They've even told me that, um, and there's, there's two sets of, there's actually two, there, there's different species of similar grays, but the ones I've, uh, encountered for all these years. Um, the, mm -hmm. the typical small grays are the, are the worker grays. They're, okay. they're, I believe that they're created by the tall grays who actually are the real aliens. Okay. Uh, I, I believe the small grays are like biological robots um, oh. because they have a hive mentality. They, they, do, they're, they're, they do most of the task. Um, and the, the tall grays are usually the observers. Uh, very rarely are they involved in any kind of uh, experiments or procedures uh -huh. that's done to you. And it, it goes way, way deeper than just probes, you know, like all the jokes and stuff. It's way, way more complex than that. But they're, they're definitely a hybrid program. The a tall gray once took me into uh, an area and, and showed it to me, you know, these, these, fetuses in these, uh, these cylinders just lined up, um, wow. and, you know, freely admitted. And, but of course, since then, you know, like the cover of children of the grace, you know, I've been introduced to that child, that hybrid child. Um, uh, and when my, my brother, Jeffrey Oldham, he's a award-winning artist in Las Vegas, he, he did that illustration and that, that little child, that little girl's, uh, illustration there has just made a worldwide impact. I mean, I can't tell you the number of people that have got a hold of me and just said, you know, that like they're mesmerized by our picture or they have been introduced to a similar looking hybrid child. Um, and she was the one I was introduced to had a little bit wider hair than that one, but mm -hmm. you know, we had to, to get it to come out on the, on the, the background of the picture and everything like that. You know, we, we made it a little bit more blonde than it actually was. It was a little bit more, and it was a little bit more stringy, uh, thinner than that mm -hmm. uh, as well. But that's a pretty close depiction. Um, 
So, and I really think that uh, there's something has happened to, to their race, to their species. And so it seems sinister, but, you know, if you look at it like they're not wired like us, you know, we can't, we can't look at it from strictly a human perspective. Right. Because they do not have emotions that we have. They just don't. Uh, and that's one of the things that a lot of the experiments that they do on you is based around that. Um, they're trying to elicit certain emotions all across the gamut, you know, whether, whether it's uh, all the way down to, um, you know, even sexual stuff. You know, some of the sexual procedures and experiments they do on on you is because they don't understand. They, they understand that as a biological act, of course, but mm -hmm. they don't understand the human emotion behind that about anger and joy and happiness and, you know, everything that makes us tick. Mm -hmm. And. So they, they set up a lot of um, scenarios like that. They'll pull stuff completely right out of your consciousness. And, and, and I, like I've been in this, uh, I, the only thing I can closely compare it to, if you, I don't know which Star, uh, Star Trek it was, where they had like a holodeck type thing. Sure. That's, that's similar, to, except in this case, what they will do is they will pull stuff out of your subconscious and then create something like that. So whether they're actually creating it on a computer or some kind, or if they're created in your mind, but the, the thing that they do is they, they do it to elicit an emotional reaction. So, because they're creating these hybrids, right? Who, they may be integrating into our society mm -hmm. already. I don't know because that, that was 1992, 93, right. you know, uh, they were getting that close. Um, but what the problem I think is, and the reason they do these kind of experiments is because these hybrids are exhibiting uh, certain emotional characteristics of humans okay. and the greys himself, it, it doesn't, they don't, they don't get it. You know, that's a box they can't check because they just don't think like us. So right. I don't think they purposely mean to, to, to hurt us and the cruelty. I mean, you know, it, 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 it's messed me up psychologically. And I talked to a lot, a lot of people um, that it's messed up psychologically. And what I tried, the reason I come out with the second book was a lot of that is stuff that worked for me um, to get me through the experiences. Right. And like, I tell others, it's like, look, you know, if I can do this and it worked for me, like don't become a victim to it. You know, you got to start pulling the positive out and things like I'm talking about right now where, right. you know, don't be so angry with them. Cause I, I used to be really, really angry. And then I realized like, you know, they're, they're just trying to survive. I don't think they're doing it for kicks, you know? Um, and they're, they're creating these hybrids because they like us as a physical specimen. Mm -hmm. That's about it <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> mentally. Mentally, we're, uh, I think they think we're savages, you know, yeah. and, and maybe they're not too far from the truth, but, uh, uh, but, but as a physical specimen, we're superior to them as a, as a intellect. We're not even, we're not even in the ballpark. I mean, these guys are so far ahead of us. It's not even funny. Um, what do you remember from some of the tests? If you remember at all, you know, when you went in, were they taking sperm samples from you or that they started that way early? Um, okay. Yeah, they, you know, they started that um, when I had the breakthrough memories is when a lot of that stuff started coming back. And that was one of the things that was another thing that was really hard to deal with, because, you know, it feels like I know people can't think like men can't really necessarily get raped that easily. But 
Uh-huh. It does feel like that. And, and, and what they do is they trigger stuff in your mind um, to, to make you aroused. You know, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're mind control techniques. It's, uh, it's like if we had that as humans, uh-huh. um, who, whoever would develop that would rule the world because it, because it's that powerful and they don't, they don't even need weapons. I mean, I'm sure they have weapons, but with their kind of mind control capabilities, it's just, it's unbelievable. And I tell people that's, that's been uh, subjected to these kind of things because they do other things. I mean, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll try, uh, and I've been really blunt, very honest about it um, because I know a lot of other people write books about these kind of things. And most of those people have had like one incident, you know, I don't right. know how to get a whole book out of it, but, um, but I wanted to, to tell people, even though it was kind of embarrassing, like, and I wrote about it, like in detail, like all these different kinds of sexual stuff, because it's important because what it does to people psychologically that this has happened to. Um, and one of the wild things that happened is I wrote about an experiment where they, uh, they took me to a room one time and it was a, a place I'd never seen before. And I do believe it was on the craft. Um, mm-hmm. because at this point I've, I've learned to recognize certain things that separate what their crafts, um, look like and their lighting systems, all that thing is way different than ours. And <clears throat> I was escorted, um, up this like ramp thing, uh, which they favor, they favor ramps. They don't seem to like stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, uh, like this f- this big open floor on, um, underneath or not, not to, uh, to the side of me, you know, down because I'm right. going up this ramp and there's all these like blue kind of cot bed things they are not real big, but there's some kind of blue, really weird blue material. And they're kind of just lined up in rows. And there's like, this is the one time that I remember being with a lot of humans and there's people, all these people down there, uh, male, female, male, female lined up, mm-hmm. you know, and they're all just uh, basically having sex. Not, wow. not like, don't get the wrong idea. It's not like some kind of big orgy or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, and I'm going up this ramp and I see uh, this room to my left and I look in there and there's all these human males um, standing like they're they're in a uh, New York subway, you know, mm-hmm. just shoulder to shoulder, uh, nude. And they all seem like in this catonic state, like they just uh, were just completely out of it. Huh. And I'm thinking, well, how come I seem like I'm like, I know what's going on, although I, I was still trying to figure exactly what this was all about. But I didn't feel like I was in a catonic state. Right. Um, and go up a little bit further. And then there's a room full of women in the exact same same way at the front of this room um like they bring me around to the top there's these built-in seats uh, where there's some tall gray sitting observing all this stuff and they're surrounded by all these little worker guys uh and they're observing all this stuff and and they took me down on the floor and they're matching you up with certain people and then sometimes they would um, stop it and take you to somebody else. So the whole time I'm, 
the the women um they they seem like they were awake but not really like there mm -hmm. and you know and i'm thinking i keep thinking to myself like why are all these people like this like wake up like you know but your eyes you know their eyes are open mm -hmm. and it and so i wrote about that in pretty in, in detail and then after uh children of the grace came out um uh, i was living in nashville and this this woman uh contacted me and she told me that the same thing happened to her well naturally my first my first thought was like okay well she read the book now she's just telling me that right. you know because she got the book you know but i try to give people the benefit of the doubt first and so i talked to her about it and stuff and she's describing almost exactly the same type of scenario then she says oh well i have proof that um that i th that this happened to me before your book came out huh and i go really and she says yeah my therapist and she goes my therapist is in nashville lo and behold i happen to know her therapist i was personal friends with her and so i got permission and she goes i've actually i have drawings also of this and with the blue cots and she described to me the same exact thing only that they were putting different men to her and she was telling me that the men seemed like they didn't know she kept telling me telling the men stop stop i feel like you're raping you're raping you know and the men were just like following orders kind of thing like they weren't right. like really there and she thought the same thing that i did like why are there these people like in this catatonic state and i'm not mm -hmm. and when we talked about it we were thinking well maybe we were also you know maybe they're thinking the same thing right so not only was that like jaw dropping i'm like what are the odds because a nobody's ever wrote about this before right even if it's happened to them uh, or, or talked about it to my knowledge to this day um and then secondly uh that we we, we were all we described the, the catatonic state the blue cots you know that everything about it was almost like verbatim the same uh -huh. well then when i started um another lady contacted me who was a flight attendant uh -huh. and um you know, I can't see either one of say it in I I actually wrote about both of their stories in, in the baby takers because it, I wanted to give uh, some other people that may not want to go public a chance to to tell their stories and the and the stories that I did include in there of, of these other abductees uh, right their congruencies to my story was just like mind-boggling odds you know it's like stuff like wait a minute now this just doesn't this is the normal stuff and so this lady also had an experience like that mm -hmm. and so there was like okay there's three people now that they, that they did the same exact experiment to that nobody ever talks about nobody you know ever ever knew about before because nobody ever talks about it. right so and so that's you know the, those kind of things are the really really bizarre type things you know where where they'll where they do like that kind of stuff that mental stuff or that control and mm -hmm. I and I tell people like um that don't blame yourself for or feel guilty or ashamed of that stuff because it's not you 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 can't stop it you know it's not your fault 
it's it's mind control. I mean, mm-hmm. you you may be aware of it, um, and I, I actually think sometimes that they they let you remember some stuff on purpose, just so they can monitor you through the implants to continue to to as part of the uh, that bigger part of that experiment. That like okay, now let's see what the after effects of the uh, the experiment was. We're going to see the emotional reaction, you know, how, how long does this, uh, emotional reaction carry, you know, and then that comes in the, the guilt, you know, and, and the being ashamed and all that kind of stuff. So you see how it works, you know, it just continues on because these implants are just not little GPS things that they're putting in you. I mean, these things are, I, I, I really firmly believe that, you know, they're, uh, there's, they're, uh, it's called like syntax memory. Like they can use these implants mm-hmm. at any, time to see what you see hear what you hear just check in with you monitor and and i really believe and there's a lady named eve organ that's wrote a whole book about it called alien love bite mm-hmm. that's on um where that they they can even bring people together take people apart keep because they want to keep their genetic line sure that they like that they favor for this hybrid program they want to keep it going that's why you hear about and I'm sure you've talked to people, you know, the, who talk about family lines and stuff. Yeah. And that's it. You know, they want to keep yeah. that kind of preferred genetic line pure as, as they can for the for what they prefer for their hybrid program. You know, so they're going to use these these implants for that. And then it's a good way for them to continue to to monitor any emotional reaction to it. But, you know, I always kind of laugh about it in a way because I'm like, you know, we can't even figure our own psyche out. Good luck, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to so. do it. Well, you know, I was thinking, you know, when you're talking about the emotional stuff, it goes back to that TV show V, the second, the second version of it. Because on the second version of it, they had machines where they were they were sucking out people's emotions because they they wanted to have those emotions. So mm. I'm just wondering if it's all a buildup, not only for the hybrids, but at some point we eventually harness the emotions so that they can have emotions. They're, they're going to, I don't think they're going to stop until they somehow do because, um, and, and because they, they, they want to be able to understand these hybrids. Right. And they also, and the only way they're going to do that is to understand us because they got this aspect of us in them. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they're, they will eventually come up with some kind of technology, like what you're talking about, where, where they're able to do that. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, cause I mean, their technology is, is, uh, they're, they're, and I'm, they're so far ahead of us. I mean, they're just so far ahead of us. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we have the problem of uh, mankind has the problem of, we think we're the supreme beings of the universe, you know, right. and, uh, the, the ego involved. And th- that's why the whole, um, disclosure thing, you know, I, I'm just like, okay, well, we'll see, you know, because it's going to be a really really rude awakening when it does happen and and i think that's why that certain uh, people involved in that behind the scenes um and, and it's not really the government i mean it's a military uh-huh. industrial complex that runs things um sorry to break it to you but uh that they you that that i'm good for people like that right um because when i can when i can put the amount of proof out there that i have where even the hardest skeptic has to like, oh, wow, you know, uh, wow, 
you know, I can't, they don't know what to say, you know. Well, that's the thing. And maybe it's a case too that they know what's going on, you know, but they, they just don't want to panic people because not everybody is going to be, like you say, even with your case, there's people that look at you like, like you've lost your mind, you know, with all this stuff. So maybe well, it's a case where they don't want to panic people. They lash, people lash out at what they fear and they fear uh-huh. people like me because they know it's the truth, but they don't want to accept it because it, it, it might change. Um, I, I mean, it could change their religious views. I mean, let's face it, you know, say an alien race comes down here just one and there's more than one right um and you know they say there's a press conference in in dc or something you know and then some some reporter gets up and he says so uh what's your religion you know and the and the alien says well you guys are all wrong you know right. or something to that effect or or if he says hey you know uh wh- whoever you know the mm-hmm. has got it right and then everybody else has got, you know, I mean, wow, it, yeah. it, it would just that alone <laughs> would just, uh, well, we've killed each other, you know, by the hundreds of millions for centuries, just over religious views, you know, so forget about, hey, we're just little peons <laughs> in the big, big, big things <laughs> right. of the universe, you know, right. and, you know, you're, you're weak, your government can't defend you, they don't want you to know that, you know, and that's, and that's another thing that the, with the disclosure thing um, that that I that I know for sure, you know, that they don't want us to know that they can't defend us because they can't. You know? Right. Um, the technology yeah. is just too much. Yeah. And and you talk about panic, you know, and so that's why I I, I just uh, you know when they're releasing these videos and stuff like that, I mean that stuff doesn't get leaked, you know, when they're saying, right. "Oh, this was leaked." No, no, no. No, that stuff gets put out on purpose, mm-hmm. um, and it's just all so they, they they're always going to control the the narrative. These people that are doing this kind of thing, uh, but it's maybe in uh, here's what here's my whole thing on that. Disclosure is going to happen when the aliens want it to happen, and sure. not until. Sure, so. absolutely. Now let's talk about because we got 15 minutes left. Six, you know, a few minutes left. Let's talk about the connection with the paranormal. Um, now, I've always thought, and I, I read um, Abduction in the Mojave. That one scared me to death. Out of all the abduction stuff I've read, you know, the the people camping out in the, out, out in the desert out there, and then, you know, the, the, the beams coming down, and then the beings that took them and all this. But what happened afterwards always bothered me because as a paranormal investigator, you know, looking at ghosts, a lot of the way these aliens go through walls and whatnot resemble what people you know are counting for ghosts i mean could they be seeing aliens and not ghosts well there's a dimensional aspect to both things um and what the what the aliens are doing they're using portals dimensional mm-hmm. portals uh i think that's how they're traveling also but for sure that's how they're taking people and that's why uh i mean i went for years not knowing like I would talk to people and they were like, yeah, I was floated, you know, through my wall. I was floated through yeah. the top of my car or whatever. And I was like, wow, man, you know, I, I, I have a lot of memories. I can't remember. And they actually showed me one time, which goes back to like, I never asked them. Um, and not that they would listen to me anyway, but, right. um, but I think they knew that it really bothered me through, through monitoring the implant. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, and it was, re- it was only, um, 
I'm trying to think like maybe like 10 years ago. So mm -hmm. I went a long time, but what happened? And I thought this was a paranormal event because they normally don't wake you up uh, if they're going to take you at night. Sure. And I hear this tap, tap, tap on the side of my bed, you know, like a wreck, you know, and because I've had so many uh, ghost experiences and I'll, I'll quickly say this, another, another aspect of this connection that ties in with your question is people who have been taken repeatedly, I call them lifers sure. uh, like me, almost across the board, come back with some sort of enhanced psychic abilities. Okay. Um, what happened to me is clairaudient. Um, and also, and I don't really like to talk about it too much, but like, a, you know, kind of a medium because I, I just, right. uh, you know, didn't ask for it. It just, it's just there. Right. But it's, it's not uncommon. Um, I can tell you one of the people that, that I wrote in, in, in baby takers, um, one of the women is an outstanding medium and the same thing happened to her, you know, after her first event started happening. So there's that connection, uh -huh. but, um, like the ghost, the dimensional part of it, the, the portal, what happened is they, I thought it was, uh, a, a spirit trying to get my attention for help, you know, because that's what I found most of them are, are looking for. Right. And, so I was kind of playing it cool. Like I woke up, I'm kind of hypervigilant sleeper anyway, because of these experiences. Um, and I didn't open my eyes yet. And I'm laying on my side, I'm facing the wall. And I, I kind of just, I didn't expect to see a full body apparition because you know how rare that is. But, uh -huh. um, you know, I thought, well, I, I have seen them. So I'm like, you know, there's a possibility. And I, I opened my eyes see if there would be anything there but it was far from a ghost it was three grays standing on the edge of the bed which just totally freaked me out because that's not something i was used to you know like right. um and i uh also could see that my bedroom wall was no longer there and it was like this uh, oval shaped like with mist around it like this about, you know, 12 to 16, 18 inch mist, like floating around this oval shape. And I could see through that into a craft and I could see another gray standing in the, in the craft. And in an instant, like I started to say the word no, because I thought they woke me up. They were going to take uh, my wife. Right. And I, I didn't want that, you know, um, cause I, I really wouldn't wish this on anybody. And I was trying to say the word no, and I, and I couldn't. They had suppressed my speech. But I was wide awake. And in a one-syllable word, what, the word no, like oh. I'm screaming in my head, trying to get it to come out. And an instant, I'm inside the craft, and the word comes out. Huh. Half a second, you know. Um, and then they let me remember that one also. And because I don't remember anything else once I got to the crap, it was just the whole experience. And then I, I realized like, wow, they just did me a favor. They just showed me this is how they're doing it. They're opening up these portals. I could say the same thing. Wow. Just like I went through my wall, but the wall wasn't there anymore. And sure. it's hard for a lot of people. It's hard for me sometimes to even wrap my head around this because it's it defies what we know uh, of our laws of physics. 
But what we know doesn't mean necessarily, you know, doesn't mean that they don't know how to do this. Right. And right. and they and that's how they do it. So anytime these people are talking about um like, oh, you know, they a reptilian just stepped through my dresser in my bedroom, or you know what I mean? It's just like, and I think there's a connection right there. Um, because one of the weird things that happened to me was I was having a lot of uh, hauntings in, in my own house. And, sure. and, you know, as an investigator, you try your best not to bring them home. Right. Um, but it happens. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and I was also, there's a, usually a precursor that happens a lot of times before I'm taken is I start hearing this low frequency hum. And since I wrote these books, I actually have met other people who have told me that this is also something that happens. And then another thing that's not commonly talked about, I'm the only one that can hear it. Like I can say, you, I can be in a room full of people. I was like, you guys hear that? What is it? You know, and it's just this low pulsating frequency hum. Well, somehow it's like, hey, we're coming, you know, in the next right. two or three days, or it might be that night. And um, so I've been hearing it. So I'm like, I'm going to set up uh, a camera, mm-hmm. IR cam, and just just a crazy chance that they wouldn't realize that it's there because they do make mistakes. I mean, they have made mistakes. Even when they took me and my girlfriend that time with the fetus, they, uh-huh. they knocked over uh, this antique typewriter that was a decoration in the room and woke us up. So one of them had inadvertently hit it that knocked it on the floor because uh-huh. I don't think they had planned on waking us up, you know, so uh-huh. they make, they, they can make mistakes. Well, what happened is that they, uh, they, they, I recorded, but I didn't, rec- I didn't catch any aliens, but I'm uh-huh. going back over the audio and I- I'm hearing EVPs okay. of a couple of different people, a male and a female, um, which must've been seeing this whole thing. I hear this, um, uh, weird metallic sound which uh i tried to debunk i had i never did i had no idea what the what this sound was and and then i get an evp of a man says um they're taking him like the like the spirits or wow. the ghost are watching me being taken wow. so um i i thought you know that was uh unusual uh-huh. Uh huh. And then another time where I've um, I used to do a lot of a spirit box work, and I, I one time um, started asking because I, I thought the same thing, you know, this like the dimensional part of things, like, um, and so I ask on the spirit box, you know, and they have told me on well more than once now, but at that particular time was the first time that they have seen me. Mm-hmm. in their where they're at well i've never had a near-death experience and you know i've never uh, as far as i know i'm still alive so how, how do they see me in their dimension unless um the portal that i'm used being being taken and you know somehow penetrates that dimension i don't know but i thought that was a really odd response that is. I have a question in the chat room. Have you ever uh, rebuked in the name of Jesus Christ when this was going on or, or when you saw these oh. beings? Oh, yeah. I've been asked that a million times. 
Um, and yeah, I, I, of course, um, it doesn't work. Okay. You know, I mean, if it worked, there would be no alien abduction. Right. Uh, I, I wish it did. I really wish it did. And and it's something that I, I used to be kind of get upset about. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, I don't know the big picture. You know, right. maybe maybe this is supposed to be the way it is. And so it it, it it's let, you know, it's let happen, you know. Right. Um, right. So, I mean, I don't mean to mean to offend anybody or, you know, it's being, I'm just being honest about, you know, sure. if, if it worked, I would have stopped this stuff a long time ago. <laughs> right. Uh, I agree. I, you know, and many others would have also. What I find interesting, like even with the EVPs that I get when I'm out in the field, you know, um, it makes sense. Like you talk about interdimensional stuff. Because when you look at some of these EVPs, they always sound like they're on real low, low frequencies. I mean, really low frequencies. And they're always far away, always at a distance. Or you'll get the mechanical voices. Mm -hmm. The voices that almost sound robotic. And you always wonder where those are coming from. So with what you're saying about it being, you know, go, going across dimensions makes a lot of sense. Because you would think that if you, if, if, if you were piercing through those dimensional doors, you, stuff would come out like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, I agree. And I, I think that there is a that's a definite connection. Um, you know, I, I've talked to scientists about that. Um, and, you know, they're like the one guy told me like that. Um, I wish I could remember his name. It was so long ago. It was in Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky. And, you know, I was telling him my theory. I was like about this. And I told him that. Um, I asked him, I said, can they, can the dimension sometimes like shift, you know, as far as what we know. And, and I think at that time he was telling me that they, they um, think that there's probably like 11 different dimensions. Um, and, you know, this goes like way beyond my level of understanding, you know, these guys that study quantum physics and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, he said that they believe or that he did anyway, that they can sometimes overlap. Um, and so it causes a lot of this type thing. And sometimes the communication between the worlds can be, can be better, but he did believe that, um, that they could be manipulated. You know, sure. there's, there's, um, little, little wormholes that NASA, uh, this was like, man, like eight, nine years ago, NASA came out with some kind of article about that. They discovered these little mini wormholes all around the earth's atmosphere opening and closing, opening and closing real, real fast. And they said, if we could learn to control those, who knows, you know, where, how we could travel, where we could travel and even time travel would, might be mm -hmm. possible. Absolutely. Now I was thinking about when you were talking about how your um, psychic abilities kind of came out more after visiting, well, I'm not saying visiting with them, but, you know, being abducted. I know from experience, you know, supposedly, you know, we're all born with that ability, but at some point we, lose it throughout our childhood but if mm -hmm. maybe the, those of us that have it we're hybrids and we don't realize it you know but what i'm saying where i'm going with this is that again when you're young you have more of these abilities and then as you get older because you've got other things going on in your life the abilities die down even though they're like hidden under there but then when you're abducted and they're talking to you that way it's going to bring those abilities back out. It's like when I hang out, when I was first starting to do this and I knew I had abilities, but they weren't real good. But then when I started hanging out with the psychics on my team, more stuff started happening around mm -hmm. 
So maybe that's what's going on is, is as, as, they, as they get these, get you, you know, as they had you going out and other people going out, it's turning that switch on again. Um, a friend of mine, Brent Rains, I think he's actually been on your show. Yeah. You know, he, he told me he's witnessed, um, well, he's witnessed firsthand a lot. He, he, a lot of what I'm saying, like he's been on investigations with me and where I've said, somebody just said, whatever, they, you know, get out or whatever. And nobody else heard it. And I would have a recorder and play it back. It's like, right there it is. Right. Um, and so, you know, he, he could tell you multiple times that that all kinds of uh, psychic stuff that he's see, seen me do. Mm-hmm. But I don't talk about it that much because it's just so taboo because there's so many fake psychics out there. Right. And, but what what I've done is to use it to help people. Like this mm-hmm. is one of the positives that I pulled out of these experiences. Like, um, you know, I, I've I've had to put up with so much and I've I, I've I've suffered mentally for years and years and years. But when I started looking at the positives, and what I realized, like, hey, I've got these abilities. Um, I can communicate with the spirit world. I go on an investigation. Uh, I don't really like teams that much. I, I, I'm kind of a lone wolf. Like I, I like to go with sure. just a very ha- few, few handful of people, but people, when I live up in Tennessee, people all the time were inviting me to go. And sometimes I would, if they, if they were responsible people, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean about that? I'm sure. But, right. um, and so I, I wanted to, I, I started like, uh, go sometimes just by myself, but sometimes just with two or three people and mm-hmm. help people um, to solve this, but not just help them, but help the help the spirits that's trapped. Mm-hmm. And, but I, I was like, I think I got these abilities because of my experiences. Sure. Um, and so I'm going to pull a positive out of this. Like, I'm going to take this and I'm going to help both sides if I can at all. And that's and I've done that for a long time, for years. Um, because I have absolutely zero fear of the paranormal world, uh, mm-hmm. the ghost world at all. You know, I mean, I have run into darker stuff, but I'm still, uh, I'm just, um, Britt calls it a reason I brought him up because, um, like, I think, uh, he calls it energy sharing. Right. Uh, I believe it was a term he came up with. And he said, he's noticed that when people are around me for lengths of time, that what starts happening is what you just described happened mm-hmm. to you that you that power that energy starts mm-hmm. going you know transferring or building sure. also in you and so you're able to tap into that and open up your psychic awareness more also because you're right we're you know I, i'm not special uh, you know it's just been opened up right uh, part, part of my theory also is that by being taken and going through these portals and going through these dimension aspects of this phenomenon I think that um, it it also kind of makes uh, our vibration rate faster because mm-hmm. I believe the spirit world vibrates at a faster rate than we do mm-hmm. in their plane of existence. And so when you're like uh, been taken uh, all these abductees, especially multiple times, uh, I believe like our chi is like really stronger because of this and vibrating faster. And so we become sort of like a beacon to the spirit world. And of course, if they're needing help, what, who are they going to go to? Somebody they, that they recognize that energy that can communicate with them. Mm-hmm. Um, because let's face it, you know, I mean, Hollywood and these and a lot of these ghost hunting shows. I mean, I've met almost I've met so many of those guys and they're, I mean, behind the scenes. I mean, they, this stuff's staged. I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, 
yeah. not all of it, but you know, if they're not getting anything, hey, you know, let's get some fishing line on a chair and pull, you know. Right. I mean, <laughs> I, when I when I, I when I was doing ghost work, I have turned down, geez, five six shows, um, ghost shows. This before my book, before the UFO stuff even came out. Right. Uh, because because I was like, I am, I, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to act like everything's a demon and be scared all the time and everything. And mm-hmm. just, I just, I couldn't do it. You know, I don't care. I just couldn't do it. Uh, but it, I, I tell all the people that's had these experiences that contact me that start talking about, well, you know, I don't really tell anybody this, but you know, I can kind of, I got, and it's not always uh, the same as me, but it's always some sort of psychic abilities. And right. I was like, use it, use it for good, you know, and, and pull something positive out, out of the experience. You know, I, I mean, I've had really tremendously good health. Um, and I think that they have contributed to that. There's there's no other explanation for it. Uh, I mean, I like I've never had the flu ever in my life. Not one time, you know, wow. so I'm just stuff like that. And I'm like, it's to their benefit, too, because if they're using uh, me for breeding purposes, sure. Uh, which sounds crass, but that's the truth of it. Uh, then you know, it benefits them keeping me keeping me uh, healthy and, and going as long as they can. Absolutely, Brent. I want to thank you for coming on tonight. This hour just flew by. It was just so fascinating <laughs> to talk to you. Thank you well, so much. I appreciate it. Uh, it's it's a lot to take in, and and, and there's a lot to it, you know. So uh, I do want to invite everybody. Uh, everybody's always asking how to get a hold of me. Usually right. you can get a hold of me through Messenger. I don't have a website anymore. I got out of control. I, I couldn't, I, I just couldn't keep up with it. Uh, also, uh, I'm putting a lot of stuff on YouTube now. I, I started a YouTube channel called Eyewitness Encounters. Um, and it's covering not only my story, um, which I'm, I'm actually doing audio reads of my first book, giving it away for free. So uh, I've got four chapters up there of it so far. But uh, we're, we're doing... Uh, all kinds of stuff on crypto stuff, psychic stuff, ghost stuff, UFO stories, alien abduction, of course, you know, so why it's a relatively new channel, you know, but I think, uh, you know, your audience would definitely enjoy it. Absolutely. And how do we get your books? Uh, right now, uh, I'm not sure what bookstores are still carrying them, but uh, definitely Amazon. Okay. Uh, you can get Kindle and, and, uh, and the hard copies on Amazon. Thank you so much. And I'd love to have you on again to talk more about this because I know there's a lot more to this story and it's just, it's just incredible. And it's just, I'm, I'm honored to have someone of your caliber on here. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, uh, we can do it again sometime for sure. Sounds good. All right. You have a good evening, sir. You too. Happy holidays. You too. Bye-bye. All right. That was a great show. You know, again, I learned a lot on there and I'm just fascinated by what he has to say because his views are different from what other people's views are. I want to make an announcement. Um, tonight, 11.55 p.m., we're going to be on again. Yep, we're going to be on again. I, My next guest, Dr. Robert Farrell, is in Innsbruck, Austria. And so uh, we are going to be doing a live from, from him being in Innsbruck, and he's going to be talking about alien theories as well. And being a doctor like he is, he has a very logical look look and view on this stuff. And so he's a very interesting guest to have on. I've heard him on other shows. 
And I think you guys might be interested in that. I know for the ones that have to work, you're not going to be able to do that. So what's going to happen is I won't be here live tomorrow at 6.30 p.m., but I will have the links up for this thing, you know, for this live interview that I'm doing at midnight for you guys to uh, watch. I'll have the YouTube links up, the Facebook links up. I'll even have the... Um, I'll, I'll even have the RSS for the uh, for the broadcast part of it up, okay? You know, for for, for the uh, downloaded broadcast. So that's going to be at midnight tonight. So if you guys are up, you know, some of you that uh, don't have to get up in the morning, come join me at uh, 11.55 p.m. and I'm going to be right here doing a show, okay, with the guest from Innsbruck. His name is Dr. Robert Farrell, Alien Theories, okay? If you like this show, Share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five people. Like I say, we're equal opportunity here. If you want to see our archives, go visit our YouTube page. If you can't find that, go to www.CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com and you can access all of our archives for the last year and a half. And I'm also going to be adding the archives from our blog talk, from when we were on blog talk radio for five years, five, six years. I'm going to be, I'm working on adding those in. It's going to take me a while because there's a lot of them. So I'm going to be doing that as well. Um, As you can tell by the ticker at the bottom, um, we want to keep the guests coming. And the only way to do that is through donations because California Haunts is uh, a nonprofit. And so everything you see here, back, you know, backdrops, mic, headphones, Internet, StreamYard, it all comes out of my pocket. So I want to keep things going. And if you guys could help me do that, I'd appreciate it because, I mean, this is my gig. This is what I do. So uh, help me out. If if you feel in your heart to help me out, you can do that at paypal.me at California Haunts. If you have trouble doing stuff through PayPal, go to Venmo. If you have a Venmo account, it's really easy. Just go open up Venmo and type in California Haunts, and you can do it right from there. But like I said, I really appreciate the help to keep things going. You know, keep my keep the internet going here because I, I love I love doing these shows, and I know you guys like watching them and all that good stuff. Also, we want subscribers on YouTube. We want to we want to keep those numbers growing. We've been on a steady growth rate for the last couple of months over on YouTube. If you find it in your heart, if you like what you see, click on subscribe so that we can get those subscribers going and keep everything going because we really want to. Like I said, we really want to keep bringing you quality shows. If you know of a guest or a potential guest that you might like to see on the show, let me know. Drop me a line. Go to the website. Uh, drop me a line. And if we do end up booking that guest, I will send you a California Haunts Radio t-shirt. You want one signed? I can do that too. Okay? But uh, I, I will do that as, as a thank you for having that guest, you know, for putting that guest on the show and, and, and leading me to that guest. But anyway, I'm going to see you guys, well, maybe some of you guys, at, at uh, 11.55 tonight. To, for the, the show with Dr. Robert Farrell. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. So I want to say goodnight. And I'm going to go ahead and run Brett's information for you guys with his books and everything and, 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 where, and where you can find him, okay? So here we go. That's Eyewitness Encounters on YouTube. And uh, book number one is Children of the Grays. Book number two is The Baby Takers. And the third book is Afterlife Encounters.
And like he says, those can be found at Amazon.com. Wait for my lovely face to pop back up here. I do want to thank you for coming, and I do hope to see, I hope some of you come and see me tonight, like I said, 11.55 p.m. when we do our next show, live from Innsbruck. Uh, but uh, thank you all, and I will see you, and have a good, for those that aren't going to uh, see the show tonight, like I said, I'll have links and everything up for it for you guys to watch at the regular time tomorrow at 6.30. And uh, for those of you that are, I will see you at uh, 11.55 p.m. Have a good one.